Good morning for the CJRU morning mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroxy and debuting on the show, I've got actor Cooper Bone. How you doing? Doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Welcome to the show. And of course, I know you got to review the show and you said you love the show, eh? Yes, love it. Yeah, some really great conversations on here. And we're going to have a great conversation, too, about your acting, aren't we? Absolutely, we are. I'm ready. (laughs) All right, all right. So tell our listeners, how did you decide, you know what? I want to be an actor. (laughs) (laughs) It really started for me in college. I I was a business student at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And my freshman year, I was deciding I really didn't like business very much. And I found an improv group called The Understudies that I really loved. Um, some good friends to this day. And through that, I found the improv and comedy world. And through them, I found the second city in Chicago. And so about halfway through my college career, I started taking classes at the second city, um, legendary comedy school in Chicago and learned about improv and collaboration and, you know, making content and sketch together. And that was really my start in acting and what the second city was really the starter that showed me I really wanted to be an actor as a career. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Should actors, should future upcoming actors go through Second City? I think it's a great school. I think even if you don't go through Second City, um, every big market has some sort of improv school and improv training is so crucial, I think, for actors. It it was a great start for me uh, because even if you're just doing like commercial acting or anything like that, it teaches you to think on the fly. And whether you're doing theater or on camera, film, TV, or commercial, they're going to ask things of you on the day, on set, that you may not have thought you were going to do or you didn't think you were going to be doing, you know, different lines or anything like that. So improv really teaches you to kind of roll with the punches and be fluid on set, which I think is a great skill for actors to have. Mm-hmm. How do I memorize my lines? Let's say I'm a younger Donovan and I forget my lines often. What's your suggestion to those future upcoming actors? I think the most important thing for memorizing lines or acting in general is just to develop a process, especially for memorizing lines, because you have to kind of practice it. It's something you teach your brain to do. I never used to be good at improv or excuse me, at memorizing lines because I have an improv background where there are no lines. Uh, For me, what I do is I just read through the script um, maybe 10 times, 10 different ways. um, And then I enunciate every word in the script, every sentence or every few words or so. And eventually I I nail the lines so much into my head um, that I'm able to speak them. It wasn't so easy when I got started, but now I can memorize a monologue in 30 minutes if you ask me to. 30 minutes? That's short. I could do it. I could do it. (laughs) Don't test me now, but I could do it. (laughs) All right. So talk about your experience with the TV show Chicago PD, which your line was cut and you and I were talking off interview. Do you want to explain to our listeners? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, my my experience on set that day was amazing. Um, Chicago PD is such a well-run set. They've been doing it for a long time. Everybody's so kind and gracious. I mean, that was my first time on a 
big professional set. And I was understandably nervous, but everybody there, um, you know, from the PAs to the stars of the show were so kind uh, and welcoming. My line did get cut from the show. I had two quick scenes, uh, one were in which I had a line and it was a late night shoot. And, um, you know, I think everybody, I think at that point we were shooting, it must've been two in the morning. And I think everybody, including myself um, at times was a little bit rough on the lines and it seemed like all the lines around me uh, were not getting consistently said. So I think that might be part of the reason why it got cut. Also, things get cut on the cutting room floor all the time for any reason. So yeah, so that was my line did get cut from the show. However, I was in a second scene where I, I play a patrol officer who's seen something gruesome and Upton and Ruzek approach the house and I am puking my guts out in the front yard. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I just just to give myself a little credit here, one of the people on set said I was the best puker they've had in eight seasons. So wow. Okay. I Do wish I think... could get that on a plaque. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to puke some more? <laughs> hire me listen i'll do it <laughs> but don't puke for us here okay <laughs> no that's okay I'll, I'll i'll leave i'll leave that for the the pro tv gigs <laughs> all right all right all right so like how would you encourage an actor if they do get discouraged about their line getting cut let's say they really worked hard for this and their scene is cut and they're really discouraged or depressed what do you say to them I say that you just got to focus on the work that you did to get that role. These co-star roles, like one line, two lines, they're the hardest roles to get because they're seeing sometimes over 100 people. And, you know, it's very hard to differentiate yourself. And there is a lot of luck involved. And you just have to look at it and go, well, I did the work. I got paid for the work. I did good work. And in the end, you know, in the end, by no fault of my own, it just got cut from the show. I think overall, you just have to not worry about the things you can't control as much as you can. I know that's a lot easier said said than done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be your fault. I'm not saying it's your fault, <laughs> but sometimes if it is your fault for not memorizing your lines, then mm -hmm. you got to work harder, right? Or evaluate yourself, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And if you if you look back at something, and I've I've certainly had gigs where I go, oh, I could have done that better. Then you just got to look at it as a learning experience and say, well, I'll, I'll do better next time, you know, and try not to hang your head too much about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So talk about your content creation, because you create content about the Chicago Cubs and you're yes, a diehard Cubs fan, aren't you? I'm a big Cubs fan. Yes, I love the Cubs. I will say um, I became a Cubs fan when I started working for the organization in 2019. Um, that's really when I um, became a Cubs fan because I'm a tour guide there. So I talk about the history a lot um, and it's a great job. But my, my buddy and I, James Dugan, uh, who is a fantastic uh, improviser and actor uh, in the city of Chicago. He's been here for about a decade. Uh, he and I had this idea that you take a lifelong Cubs fan character like him, you take a brand new Cubs fan uh, who may not know as much about the team or about the game, and you kind of put them head to head and we discuss uh, different parts of Cubs history, different parts of baseball, how the Cubs are doing. And so we haven't put out an episode for a while, but this season uh, we're looking to put out a lot more content and it's, it's just been a blast. It's very fun. Mm -hmm. And baseball season is approaching us. So we need Cubs content, don't we brother? 
Absolutely, we do. Yeah, opening day was last Thursday, and we're we're in the early parts of the season, so we need Cubs content. All right, so take me back to 2016 when the Cubs won. What were going? What was going through your mind when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series? I well, I certainly cried when they did. But you know what was funny is. I was still in college, so I was up at in Wisconsin, and I had a final exam that night, um, the night of Game 7 of the World Series, and I, I have never done so poorly on an exam. I was a good student, <laughs> but I've never done so poorly. I, I literally went in, got the exam done. I was the first one to hand it in. I might have gotten a C or something, not too bad, and I just bolted home, and I got home just in time uh, for the seventh inning on... Um, and so I got to see them actually win the World Series for the first time in 108 years. So, wow. Wow. Incredible. The, the curse has been broken 108 years, eh? Way before you and me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Way yeah. before a computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So what are you going to say to listeners that say, wait a minute, but you're from Milwaukee. How come you love the Cubs so much? What about the Milwaukee baseball, the Milwaukee Brewers? That is a fair take. And actually, my family uh, is mostly Brewers fans. And growing up when I was a kid, I was um, more of a Brewers fan. But as the Cubs got really good and I kind of went to college and went off on my own, I really started to fall in love with that team. And, you know, like I said, when I came to Chicago and now I currently live about three blocks from Wrigley Field, um, just being a part of the area and a part of the neighborhood has made me a diehard Cubs fan. I'm way more of a Cubs fan now than I was a Brewers fan when I was a kid. So this is my team, even if I found it later in life. Mm -hmm. And for what do you call it for Canadians that haven't got the experience to see Wrigley Field? What do you want to tell them? Oh, I want to tell them we have tours every single day at Wrigley Field and you should come on out and see a tour of Wrigley Field um, and come see a game, too. Uh, it's just an incredible place. It's the second oldest ballpark left. Um, it's one hundred and nine years old. So um, you definitely got to come out and see it. It is um fantastic mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the future of you we got more projects we're working on right absolutely yep i i just closed a play last weekend so now it's back to the grind of auditioning i'm currently on hold for a couple of big commercials so hoping those come up and i'm definitely uh looking forward to creating some more content james and i are going to put out some more uh, old fan, new fan content on TikTok and Instagram. I'm also, I just got done writing a pilot uh, that I also want to turn into a web series. So uh, my buddy and I that I met through this play are going to film a well web series or some short films this summer. Um, so there's a lot of good new stuff coming up for me, for sure. All right. Talk about the commercial work. You like commercials? Love commercials. Yes. Commercial work. Um, not only is it lucrative, but it is just a joy. I love doing stuff. I mean, I mean I've done commercials for um, I just recently did a gig for Farm and Fleet uh, that's running now. Um, and that was so much fun. I love working with um, creatives that work in the business side like that because I did still graduate with a business degree. So I understand um kind of that corporate marketing side. And I think that helps me in commercial auditions because I know um, what they're looking for. Um, but yeah, I really do love doing commercial gigs as well as the TV and film. 
Mm -hmm. What do you say to other actors that kind of look down at commercials? It's not really their thing. What do you want to tell them? I say, you know, if, if you don't like commercial work, if it's not your bag, then that is fine. Absolutely. Um, but I, I stand by commercial work as being extremely lucrative, um, especially for actors that are trying to stay in the Midwest. I mean, obviously, um, a move to LA or New York is inevitable for a lot of us. But with how virtual this business is getting, you can make a full-time income being an actor in the Midwest. And um, if you want to do that, though, you have to do these commercials and industrials and things that may not be the the roles you can sink your teeth into, per se, um, but they are lucrative and they're fun and they are um, they help you sharpen your craft as an actor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And talk to us more about being an actor in the Midwest. Let's say they're like you, where they want to maintain that Midwest reputation and don't really want to, you know, move to L.A. or um, New York. What do you want to tell them? Well, first of all, I want to tell them that it's possible. You're, I think you're going to have a lot of people tell you that you have to move to L.A. You have to do this. You have to do that. And really, everybody's journey is different. And for me, if I were to give people advice on how to do it in the Midwest, I would say just be open to doing a lot of different things. Uh, try not to pigeonhole yourself. Try not to put yourself in a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Try not to um, narrow your scope too much. You know, like I always thought that I wouldn't want to do commercials. And now I love doing commercial and industrial work. Also, if you're able to, like, let's say you live in Chicago, like me, if you're able to travel to cities like Milwaukee, where they have a lot of great voiceover work, or St. Louis, or I've gotten a lot of gigs out in Michigan and Detroit. If you're able to travel, getting smaller agencies in those cities um, is definitely a good move. So my main piece of advice is it is possible. You can absolutely do it. I love staying in Chicago because I love being close to my family and the Midwest is where I was born and raised. So if I have to move out to LA for my career, I absolutely will. I'm willing to but I'm going to try to make it work here in the Midwest first. Mm -hmm. And you forgot Canada. If you're offered an opportunity. I did forget Canada. Canada. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go to Midwest doctors, go to do commercial work in Canada. And there's a lot of original TV series in Canada. You can be a part of as well too, right? Absolutely. I see listings in Toronto and Vancouver as well all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what do you want to tell the, the maybe the because you're looking to pitch your content right and write your own stories what do you want to tell people who've written their own stories but it's not getting that push or people don't like it what's your suggestion to them i would say just i mean definitely listen to feedback you know um take classes uh, to become a better writer and a content creator and actor but in the end you've got to know what you're trying to sell, what your vision is, what's truest to you. Um, I mean, we're seeing now with the large amount of content we have there, unique voices are, you know, getting out there. You look at networks like FX and HBO that are doing shows about people who have such unique voices that some people may not have wanted to hear. Um, for example, uh, you look at a show like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, that pilot that they made, I believe was made for something like 800 bucks under $1,000. They pitched it to a bunch of different networks and FX were the only people that said yes. And now that show has been running for, I think, oh gosh, like 15, 16 seasons. Right. So, so I would say just if you, if you, first of all, this, the step 
the first step is to write something and get it finished. And that is already a big step that you've accomplished. And in the process of trying to sell it, stay true to who you are, but try to balance that with taking feedback um, and trying to be a better writer every day. Mm -hmm. And you're always going to have somebody who doesn't like it, but you're always going to have somebody who does like it. What do you want to say to that? Absolutely. Well, and <laughs> it's that old adage said by Lady Gaga a million times uh, in her interviews about A Star is Born, where she said, a hundred people uh, in a room couldn't believe in you and you only need one uh, that does. And it's true. You only need one executive, one producer, you know, one person who has the means to get your content made to say, ooh, I like this person's voice. I like their content. Um, so just trust in that. Trust that with all the rejection, you know, you're going to get rejected about 95% of the time in this business if you're succeeding. And all it takes is that one person to say, I like this and your whole world can open up in, in this business. 95% of the time I'm going to be rejected? Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this no more. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> it's tough. It's, it can be a tough business, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you just got to keep plugging away, right? You can't give up. Absolutely. And what do you want to tell your fans that they have supported you and they're, you know, they support that you want to stick to the Midwest and act and do commercials and write your own content and push your own content. What do you want to tell those fans that support whatever decision you decide to make as an as an actor? Oh, well, I mean, for me personally, to, to my personal fans out there, um, just thank you. I mean, any any little bit of support that you can give to any artist you know if you like their work um, is so meaningful. Just even just clicking the like or share button on Facebook or, you know, going as far as I just did this play recently at the Athena at the um, it's called the Athenaeum Center for Thought and Culture. It's an old Irish play and I had the lead role in it. And I got an email through my website from someone who saw the show and all they wanted to say is how much they enjoyed it and they hope I do great work. And even just that, like one little message that can get me through like the next five years of rejection. It really can. <laughs> just knowing that somebody who doesn't know me personally supports my work is so meaningful. So, you know, whether it's me or any other artist out there that you enjoy, like their stuff, share it with your friends. Um, it really means the world just to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, we support you at CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. We're behind you, Cooper. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. All right. Did you want to throw out your social media platforms just in case there might be a younger Donovan who has questions about the business or acting or say, hey, Cooper, how do I memorize my lines or how do I do this or how do I push my own content? Absolutely. Uh, main places you can find me. Um, if you have any questions or if you want to look at my content, um, our TikTok content is on at old fan underscore new fan. That's the Cubs stuff specifically. And then if you want to reach out to me through DMs or just look at my content, I am at CBOHN95 on Instagram. Mm, 95. That was and my web, my, my, sorry, my website is also cooperbone uh, spelled B-O-H-N.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. B-O-H-N. Okay. Bone. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. And I was joking with you saying 95, the year you were born. <laughs>
<laughs> that is exactly when I was born. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any final things you'd like to tell listeners in Canada and the U.S.? What do you want to tell listeners? Well, for all you listeners out there, uh, for one, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for supporting uh, Donovan and CJRU, uh, other great creators. And if there are artists out there or content creators listening, just have fun with it. Um, do your thing. You know, try not to give in to the pressures of people telling you what you should or shouldn't do. Know why you're doing this creative work and just make sure you love it every step of the way. All right. All right. All right. It was so great to get to know you. I really enjoyed the conversation. See, listeners, we had a great interview. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate all, it. All right. For CJRU 1280 AM, I'd like to thank Actor Cooper Bone. Thank you so much. And thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode. Thank you again, Cooper. Absolutely. Have a great one.